Gold is not gold stocks. Timber alert. Nah, you're going to be okay. I'll spoil it for you all. We're going to get into the inverted yield curve. I think it's like three times now in the past month or two. We're going to talk about recession and why it's already here. We're going to talk about big uranium news. We're also going to get into Galeen Maxwell and R. Kelly's sex trafficking sentencing. I thought it was interesting. Should your newsletter editor be rich? We'll ask the question. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about why. I am Gerardo Del Real. It's great to be back along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 176 of Bizarro World, which as all of you know by now, is our weekly therapy session. Apologies for not getting to you last week. I was out in Chicago visiting family and given the state of the markets and the world, we thought it best to give you all a week to process. But here we are, Mr. Hodge, how are you, sir? I just couldn't bring myself to do it alone, Gerardo. I needed your positivity to, to help us through. Well, let's, let's get into the negativity, right? The positive, it's, um, you know, our mentor always says he's an, uh, he's an optimist too, because I, I always joke that I tend to be optimistic despite, you know, my rants and, 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 and sometimes my, um, offensive language towards things that I'm passionate about on the negative side. But I do tend to try to be optimistic in the sense that, you know, I, I want to be accountable. I want to find solutions to things. I was very young. Uh, by my father, you know, never bring me a problem unless you have a solution to offer, even if it doesn't work. And so I just, I kind of try to approach life in that manner and fashion, but let's get into some of the problems we have. We're in a recession. Let's, let's just get right into that, right? The inverted yield curve is screaming that we're in a recession. And if you don't know that by now, um, I, I think all you have to do is go to the grocery store and go look at you know, the state of the world for 99% of the world. And it's pretty darn clear that inflation has really, really burned a hole in people's pockets and now is burning a hole in the pockets of those that are having, and we were joking off air, first world problems, right? The wealth effect. Even the wealthy and the rich are starting to feel a slight tickle or pinch, nothing like what most of the world is feeling. And, you know, for those of us that are, 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 you know, feeling a slight pinch. We're very fortunate and it's it's good to acknowledge that. But look, we're in a recession. Um, the Atlanta Fed has said as much. Uh, we'll talk about what Bullard just got done saying a few hours ago and why I am optimistic for a fourth quarter rebound and a 2023 that I think is going to be historic and very, very profitable. But first, the recession. Um, I just read your letter that you sent out to subscribers, Nick. I thought it was very well written. You were concise and precise. And I'd love for you to summarize what you told everybody. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, recession is here. And so the classic definition is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth, along with maybe a slowdown in earnings and hiring and things like that. And, and those are already manifesting. So um, the Atlanta Fed has come out with their update last week. In fact, they'll have one out today. Uh, after we get done recording this podcast, but saying that uh, Q2 GDP is going to be negative, And that, of course, will mean uh, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Hiring has already slowed to an 18, 18 month low. And, and you can feel it all, all around you. I mean, people are, are tightening their belts and we haven't even gotten to corporate earnings yet, which I've been saying are going to be bad. So um, I was looking up the number the other day because I was writing a monthly issue to see what the, the S&P earnings growth was in Q2. 
2021 and, and and it was nearly 90 percent right because it was being compared to when everyone was locked down in their houses and so uh, to put that in comparison this year for q2 you know forecasts or for the s p corporate earnings growth to be less than five percent and they've been being reduced <laughs> down so a couple of months ago it was nearly six percent and then it was five percent and they just keep going lower and lower especially because um you know uh, retailers, uh, primarily, you know, the targets, the Walmarts of the world have been uh, drastically reducing guidance, which I was writing about a month ago. So uh, a recession is here in very real terms, and it's created a cascading effect in the market, right? You mentioned the, uh, the problems of the 1% or the, the, the first world problems, you know, um, we can't make more money just like, you know, people can't go out there and ask for for, for a, a increase in wages. But we, what we can do is, is sell stock, right? Because we're the um, we're the equity owning class. And so that begets more selling in the market, which is why uh, I continue to believe that there is more pain ahead for the for the broader indices. And then uh, you can really see that in, in gold, which you mentioned at the at the top of the podcast, right? Breaking down through the support we've been saying, you know, gold's held in there all year, gold's held in there all year. It's, it's holding support at 1808 or 1810 or wherever it was. And then boom, right? It goes right down. She had to sit down. She's been dancing yeah. all year. <laughs> it's very fast. I mean, $20, $30 a day, right? And if you look at that yeah. chart, that, that's actually a scary one because you can really see how it could get to below 1700 um, very quickly, albeit... Um, I think that would be briefly, if it does happen, sort of one of those washouts, right? But uh, that's just like it was in, in sort of March 2020, dip below like 1500 just for a couple of days. And so anyway, it's scary out there. People are selling everything that's not nailed down to get their hands on those dollars, which I should also mention, uh, because they're at 20 year highs. You have to go back to uh, the turn of the millennium to see a dollar mm -hmm. index at 106 where it is now. And so everyone wants as many dollars as they can have to buy uh, groceries for themselves and their kids. My wife sent me a picture today of a, a DiGiorno pizza at Walmart. One DiGiorno pizza, ten bucks, and that's here in 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 Eastern. Well, actually, that was in the Northern Idaho Walmart she was in today. So, and imagine, probably a smaller ten dollar DiGiorno pizza. Right. Think of a pizza what it costs in New York or, or L.A. at this point. I mean, it's it's absolutely nutso out there. And um, I guess I'll stop there. But yeah, we can talk about the next couple of quarters and, and like you mentioned, inflation potentially coming down. But um, that's the negative part of it for sure. No, I, I, I think that's well said. I, I, I agree with you that there's likely more pain ahead, especially in the broader indices because of the comps. Right. If you're going to go from 84, 85, 86 percent to 4%, um, that's that's a noticeable differential, right? It's uh, as, as, as some would say. And so um, let, let, let's get to whether or not, well, let me rephrase that. I think this moment in time with the summer doldrums, um, with gold consolidating and breaking down a little bit with very few bids um, and some very desperate ask in the market, I think this is a spectacular time to be a contrarian, but the catch is you have to be liquid enough to own any stock that you buy today for probably at least three quarters and maybe a year. And I think if you're able to do that and have conviction about what you're buying and why you're buying it, I think you'll look like a genius in a year and in maybe even in six months. But also, you may look very foolish in a week or two weeks because that's not going to drop another 20 or 30 percent. And again, it has nothing to do with the underlying fundamentals of the stock. It has a lot to do with overall market sentiment and, you know, 
market market psychology is as important when fear is 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 more prevalent than greed. But man, the greed part of of my contrarian you know upbringing really really likes the prices of some of these stocks. And we talked off air, Cucho Copper at twenty three cents is an absolute gift, people, an absolute gift. And I could go on. There's a list of about fifty names that are on my radar that are getting very, very attractive. Um, so yeah, dollar index at 106, 107. That's something we talked about before. That thesis took out a little bit longer to play out than I thought it would. I knew it would eventually because when everything gets you know a little bit oversold, people rush into dollars for a little bit. They rush into gold. I actually think they'll continue to rush into gold, though it wouldn't surprise me to see gold dip to the low 1700s, high 1600, 1680, 1685, that level there. If you breach that, you made a very good case at your 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 letter today for a quick drop down to the fifteen hundred dollar level. And look, the last time that happened is when we got the the the, the coiled spring uh, slingshot to new all time highs shortly thereafter. So would that be the worst thing in the world? Probably not, unless you really need to sell gold. And if you really need to sell anything over the next couple of months, you probably want to do that sooner rather than later. We've been preaching this for months. You've been preaching this and doing it in your personal accounts. For months, I think maybe for the last six months, if I'm not mistaken, starting with you taking your money back from the fund managers that were, you know, not outperforming. I'll be polite. Um, and, and, and so, look, it just really depends on your timeline right now, folks. Do you need money in the next two or three months? And, and, and do you have to sell stock in order to get there? If that's the case, I would just go ahead and raise it now and give yourself the tranquility to enjoy the rest of your summer. But if you don't need the money, if you don't need to sell stock and you're actually in a position to be able to add to some of your positions that are probably down 50%, 60% from, you know, all-time highs or recent highs, oh man, my again, my, my contrarian heart smiles at the current scenario. Tranquilo, tranquilo. Um, well, I guess the one thing I didn't mention was the commodities have, have, have sort of fallen off a cliff as well. I didn't mention copper, which has quickly gone from nearly $5 in March to, to, to well below $4 here in July, down something like a third from those March highs and 26% just in the in the past month alone. And um, I, that's one of the reasons the Kucho coppers of the world have sold off like they have. You know, we've been saying that um, gold stocks are not gold. Well, that holds true for copper stocks are not copper. It's sort of the same thing. So if you've got copper down a third, um, you've got copper stocks that are down by half, even the, the big ones, right? The arrows of the world, for example. Um, it, it's not been fun to own those. And uh, at the same time, it, like you said, if you can have a time frame that goes out beyond three, six, nine months, then it makes sense. You know, I've got stink bids in, some of which are getting a hit for, for, for some of those commodity um, related stocks. And um, what else did I want to mention? Um, I guess I want to talk about Bitcoin just for one second. You know, um, back over $21,000 today, um, I was pecking away a little bit over the, the past week or so while you were gone. Um, like I say, when I get to that whole Bitcoin and, and can still see a future where um, you know, Bitcoin plays a significant role in the in the financial system. So don't forget about your your cryptos either. I guess is is what I would say. But um, going back to commodities in general, um, that's the one thing that uh, I failed to to mention in, in the first part of, of of the answer to the question you posed. Is every single commodity in the CRB index is down over the past month, except for the lean hulks. That was sort of uh, what I was writing about today. And so you name it. I mean, whether it's soft commodities like 
uh, soybeans and sugar or orange juice or silver or nickel or aluminum. I mean, they're, they're down across the board over the past um, month. And that, that's not giving people the, the warm and fuzzies uh, uh, about the market. And so the last time we recorded this podcast, we were saying that we were in the middle of a relief rally or a bear market rally. And that definitely continues to be the case. Um, you've got the S&P not breaking out to, to, to higher highs. And so um, I, I was shorting tech stocks again today in my personal account, for example. And again, I just don't think we're out of the woods yet. I think this is a perfect time to get to that question that I posed and that you actually posed for this week's topic list, which we scrambled to fill in five minutes before we get on here, everybody. Should your newsletter editor that's um, giving you advice be rich, right? Because I let, 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 me, let me just say one thing really quick. It's not getting easier out there to pick winning stocks, right? I had a uh, it, it wasn't a spat because it was just somebody um, saying my name, like they say a lot of names, and I could care less about that person. Wish that person all the best and all the reciprocity in the world. But you know, I I, I had received a not too kind note um, from another fellow writer back when Almaden Minerals got its permit denied. Right, this from a person that had never visited the project, never talked to the locals, never went down there, just had an issue to grind, and for whatever reason you know, felt attaching my name to his was something that was, you know, worthwhile for for him. And it isn't for me. So I'm not going to say his name. But, you know, the bottom line is when, when that happened, you know, it, it, it never feels good as somebody that's recommending stocks and somebody that still loves that deposit and loves that company and actually got a very favorable uh, decision this week, this past week, get, being given um, access to UNICEF and working together with UNICEF as a model project moving forward, which again speaks to the community service and the social license. Um, and, and, and now there's a process to where I think they're going to be able to get that permit. But look, Rio 2, the reason I brought up uh, the, 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 the nameless gentleman, Rio 2 recently got his permit denied. I really like that company. I really like management, really like that asset. But I bring it up not to poke, just simply to say, even if you know what you're doing, and even if you're a competent stock picker and the fundamentals are great, you know, permitting is not getting easier in, in countries around the world where traditionally it, it, it was getting, you know, better for a time. And even in countries where it's been friendly in the past, it's getting harder. So I say all that to say, to, to answer the question, you answered it briefly for me because you're still buying certain things. So my answer to that question that you pose, Nick, is, Rich or not, there's way to make money in this market still if you identify that timeline. And and if, if, if there's writers or advisors or people out there that are screaming, there's nothing to do and there's just nothing but money to lose right now, that to me is, is, is more of a red flag than whether or not my editor is rich. Now, I'll preface that by saying that. Look, if he's he or she's been doing this for over 10 years and they haven't been able to figure out how to get rich, you probably shouldn't be listening That's to it. that person, right? Because you can be a new mechanic and not know what you're doing. But my God, after year 10, you better know how to change that fucking tire and you better know how to check my sensor or I'm not coming to you for car advice anymore. And so the same with your, with your newsletter editors, folks, and the people that advise you. If after several years of bull markets, bear markets, resource cycle peaks, resource cycle bottoms, if that person still hasn't figured out how to play those and make money for the long haul, 
then maybe you shouldn't be listening to them. So that would be my answer. Take it away, Mr. Hodge. <laughs> um, so a couple of things, I guess. One is it's been really easy to make money for a decade, right? And so when the entire market was going straight up from 2009 to, to 2020, 20, uh, to 2022, um, anyone could um, have a letter and, and put advice out there and, and, and stocks would go up because all stocks were, were going up for that time period. And so... Um, What's changed over the past 10 years is one, now everybody's got a, a microphone and a camera and, and can put out a letter or a product or a video or whatever it is. But the other thing you've seen is that I think the consumer's getting smarter. Uh, they're able to separate maybe a, a little bit the wheat from the chaff and uh, the cream is beginning to rise to the top as it relates to, to newsletter editors and the products that are successful. So let me pick on Agora first. You know. Um, a, lo a lot of their products, they have guru editors, right? Guys that are on TV on Shark Tank or guys who have written books. But uh, what a lot of people don't know is that they aren't writing the letters uh, week to week or month to month, and they may not necessarily be picking the stocks. There's a, a co-editor or uh, some assistant editor that is, that is doing that, right? And and that person is is a nine to five salary person, um, may or may not be rich. You know, I, I'm not going to throw a blanket over top of, of all the divisions over there. But um, just one thing to be to be cognizant of, right? It was much more about the marketing, coming up with marketing strategies than, than offering true investment strategies on the whole. Again, not not all the divisions. Um, and then what really set me down this path is uh, I saw a, a, a podcast or a video from another publisher head um, addressing this question: Should your editor be rich? And, and it's because he employs a lot of editors who aren't rich. <laughs> So he felt defensive and the need to, to address this question. Um, and his answer didn't make uh, one lick of sense. His analogy was this. Um, think about... <laughs> Let me get my coffee ready. Think about if... Yeah, because you're going to spit it out. Think about if you go to the gym um, and you, you hire a personal trainer, he said. Like, um, why is that person uh, not a professional bodybuilder? Or why is that person not a professional athlete? But um, like the copy that comes out of that, place where that publisher publishes, um, it's completely a non sequitur, right? Because your personal trainer doesn't have to be a professional athlete or professional bodybuilder, but they do have to be in physical shape, right? Um, which is the, would be the true analogy to make. And, and if that's the true analogy, then yes, your newsletter editor has to be wealthy, right? He doesn't have to be a, a professional money manager. We know some of those guys that don't kill it all the time. Um, he doesn't have, Most of he them. doesn't have to be a hedge fund manager. <laughs> But he does have to be wealthy and have made a lot of money from investing, which uh, newsletter editors at that company uh, don't make. And so he made a wrongheaded analogy because his newsletter editors aren't rich. And so just caveat M tour out there. Right. Um, and look, I was a 22 year old kid once that was picking solar stocks. That, that was easy. Like you said, the mechanic uh, starting out didn't doesn't know shit. Well, I was the guy starting out in 2007, 2008 that didn't know shit, but I learned shit. Right. I didn't just gravel around for 10 years and, and, and I'm still whatever, driving the same car or making the same salary and just taking my my yearly uh, increases or whatever. No, I went out there and made millions of dollars in the stock market. Right. And so um if your newsletter hasn't doesn't hasn't done that, can't show you how he or she has done that, um, and isn't doing that for you, then certainly it's time to uh, reevaluate. And like I say, a lot of products are going by the wayside here lately because uh, investors and consumers are, are figuring it out. And um, just to twist the knife a little bit more, you know, I'm completely proud of the 
uh, refund rate that that we have. It's uh, among the lowest in the industry, I know, because I've, I've seen other people's refund rates. And so um, keeping subscribers happy is, is one of the names of the game. And, and I think ours are, are thoroughly happy from the, uh, the low amount of refunds that I see coming through. And, and look, frankly, being able to deliver triple digit wins in this resource bear market, which make no mistake, we're in a resource bear market. It's going to prove very profitable for us. But you know, if you can if you can have a couple of critical elements lithium like you had, or, or a couple of patriots, or if you were able to buy Nevada Sunrise Gold at three cents or five cents or even ten cents here recently, you know, to, to be able to do that in this market and also see a runway towards much higher prices um, once the overall markets do have you know better sentiment attached to them, then you can feel comfortable in having a position that's down fifty percent. Most of my biggest wins at some point, including Patriot Battery Metals, where I wrote multiple checks and then watched the price drift lower, were down 50% at one point. Heck, it's down 50% from recent highs. Now, again, mind you, I started at 16 cents, worked all the way up to 450. It's down now to 230, 235 level. I could care less because the shares I have, I don't plan on selling. Um, I see the path towards five, then 10, and in a better market, even $20 a share. And so the market in time is my friend because I can afford to add to that position if I choose to at prices that I think are an absolute gift at current levels. So that's different from someone that may have to sell shares of Patriot right now in order to meet you know, their monthly or weekly or even daily commitments. And so define your timeline. And yeah, back to the newsletter editor, whether they should be rich or not. If they've been doing it for more than five years, folks, they should at least be able to show some progress. And look, it doesn't even have to just be in the stock market. Pick an asset class, right? If it's Bitcoin, if it's crypto, if it's real estate, I mean, I, I don't want to toot our own horn too much, but we haven't just done it with stocks. Let's be absolutely clear. You've done it with publishing, Nick. You've done it with real estate. I've done it with real estate. I've done it with stocks. And so um, we just had one of the best bull markets across all asset classes in the history of the world, if a bull market in all asset classes, whether it's comic books, sex toys, um, posters, crypto, stocks, real estate, if you weren't able to make money in that market, let me tell you something, baby. You're not going to make money in any market because it's not going to get any easier here in the next couple of months. Long sex toys is a great name for a podcast or a band. Can we add it to Bizarro World? <laughs> the Bizarro World Long Sex Toy <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> You'd be a different kind of therapy session. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Speaking of sex toys, let's talk about Galeen Maxwell oh, and R. Kelly. Um, I, I, I'll be brief. Look, I don't, I don't think there's a lot to get to here. I think I have voiced my displeasure with the fact that in the case of Miss Maxwell, who just was sentenced to 20 years for child sex trafficking, um, I know people who have served more than 20 years of prison time for engaging in conversations about drugs, right? It's called conspiracy. How you get 20 years, just 20 years, for child sex trafficking and also are allowed to get off without cooperating, given the names of anybody that was involved. And again, I, everybody knows how I feel about informants that are allowed to commit crimes and informants that are given, you know, the green light by our government with taxpayer dollars, like yours truly, to go and, and, and cause chaos to further a government cause. I hate informants that are that kind, the not accountable kind. 
But as it relates to anything having to do with sex trafficking, child sex trafficking, pedophilia, um, I, I, you know, give them the deal that you need to give them to go get the other 100 or 50 or 30 or 20 people that were involved. In this case, we all know that because of the wealth and stature of a lot of the people that were involved, there wasn't a lot of pressing. And, and you know, and speaking of pressing, the press is guilty for not being more outraged. There's outrage about everything. I hear Tucker Carlson's stupid ass on TV every day. He's mad right now because he thinks the reason that males are shooting shit up like they did in Highland Park and like they did in Uvalde is because women aren't pandering enough to the males and they got these bottled up frustrations. Oh, the incel. Ah, ah, boom, 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 boom. I'm going to just kill everybody because my wife won't talk to me nicely or my girlfriend won't talk to me nicely. Are you fucking serious, Tucker Carlson? What is wrong with you and the people that listen to these people? I digress. I digress. But back to the thing with Ghislaine Maxwell and, and R. Kelly. In both those cases, R. Kelly was sentenced to 30 years. More. Let's, Ghislaine that, Maxwell let's was make a point that that's more than she got for an international child sex ring with the highest ranking members of society. And that was going to be the next point. And with R. Kelly, we, we, there were at least some names that were disclosed and other people that are at least under investigation and, and other people that are going to be arrested for facilitating it. I don't understand how... We allow ourselves as a country here in America, for those listening from abroad or somewhere else, we allow ourselves to be so outraged by what the media tells us we're supposed to be outraged about, like males not being catered to enough by women and somehow being able to segue into saying that's, you know, maybe a cause of why these young men have mental health issues and are, you know, in Highland Park, which is 40 minutes from where I just came back from visiting family, um, you know, shooting stuff up in broad daylight in the morning at a 4th of July parade with kids, grandparents, and, 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 and parents. Um, there's so much more to be angry about that's valid. This is insane to me. This is insane to me. Um, the, the lack of accountability, um, the lack of outrage, and, and, and frankly, the lack of pushing back by the media, which picks the craziest things to be outraged about and people that follow them, right? Well, none dare call it conspiracy, Gerardo. I mean... Um, there's a reason that the, the, the scapegoating is now nearly complete, right? Um, they put that thing, the, the, the Ghislaine, uh, thing to bed very nicely, right? Um, one person hung himself in a, in a jail cell and, um, the other one is going to go quietly away, as you say, without giving up names precisely because of, um, who was involved there. And there, there's a couple of journalists that have done some great work and, and, yeah. and, there was a, a one put out a great Twitter thread. I, I don't recall the gentleman's name, but I have to find it and, and put a link up about why um, some of the reasons why, um, you know, we may never learn the, the absolute truth. And they range from, um, you know, the people being as connected as they were. We're talking here about prime ministers and, and princes of, of, of large countries. All the way to going back to your rant on informants, the fact that um, the law enforcement may have known about this and and was using um, them as uh, informants for some other things. And so, you know, we may never know, but the the fact that people aren't more outraged and it doesn't get more press is is truly incredible. And again, I would point back to to, to who is truly in charge, right? The the insiders of the world, and then. You know, you mentioned not having to give anyone else up, you know, for, for many other crimes, um, you, you got to talk or, or you're, you're offered a deal. Right. And so I was just reading a story today about um, Oregon wildlife crimes. Um, 
people who are trafficking in uh, endangered species or endangered plants and things like that. And one of the, the new requirements in these cases is um, hours of community service, but the hours of community service are with a researcher and you have to tell the researcher how you traffic the, the animals and the, and the plants. We're doing this for, for animals and plants, but not for, not for young women, right? Um, who were, who were raped and trafficked over the course of, of years. And so, I mean, try to rectify that in your mind. I dare you because you fucking can't. And, and, and then here in America, we're passing laws to not allow victims of sexual assault to end up being impregnated. The opportunity um, to terminate the pregnancy, even if it's within the first couple of months, it's absolutely it, batshit crazy. The even society, a 10 year old I saw in the past week. Just fucking heartbreaking and infuriating. And Tucker Carlson's main point, because I follow him, because it's good to see you gotta have you gotta have a contrarian stream sure his most important topic of the day it's july the 7th folks you can look it up i'm not making this stuff up because he's outraged at nancy pelosi's cleavage because how dare a 70 something year old woman who i personally don't care much for how dare she have cleavage or you know tits that you can see with your eyes he should show his balls i'm sure they're nice and tan you remember that we talked about that we talked about that you mentioned um, you mentioned journalists that have done a great job on the FC case. The one for me that has been an absolute superstar and broke the case tenaciously is a Miami Herald reporter, That's right. um, Julie K. Brown. For those of you that are on social media, at JKB Journalist. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal writer. Uh, just an absolute beast of a researcher. Uh, tenacious, was ignored for years. And she's largely responsible for anybody being brought to justice and stopping, you know, the, the, this child sex trafficking ring that now two people have been held accountable for. Um, she's got a new book. I'll plug it here just because she's done such amazing work. She should have a new book. It's called The Perversion of Justice. And it's the firsthand account and up close look at what it took for her to expose Epstein and his crime. So look that up. Very worthwhile. She's a great follow on Twitter. Um, she also does very, very, very good um, investigative research. So, yeah, I got to shout out the good stuff out there, too, not just the uh, Tuckers of the world. Sure. There was another one. I can't find it right now, but I will find it and I'll post it somewhere. Let's talk about something that people should be more outraged about. Um, the Highland Park shooter, 21-year-old, killed six. Excuse me, I believe a seventh died. Uh, dozens injured. I was in Chicago. Um, actually, was just outside the Chicago. Uh, outside of Chicago, I was in Poplar Grove, and this broke. And he was still on the loose, right? And he had ties to Rockford, Illinois, which is ten minute drive from Poplar Grove, where I was at visiting family. And uh, look, this is a gentleman. This is a guy. This is an asshole that had threatened to stab his own family members, and it was so serious. Um, that they had to hide all the knives. This is a guy that had made threats um, against partners in the past, girlfriends in the past. And somehow the dad still thought that it was a great idea to sponsor his his ownership of a of, of, of firearms card, that he was stable enough. You know, he wrote a letter endorsing that card because in, in Illinois, you need that endorsement in order to be able to go ahead and carry safely, right? And, and carry legally. And somehow, after, you know, having to call law enforcement to report the domestic violence, which, by the way, researchers have done brilliant work on how people, especially males with domestic violence histories, tend to be 
disproportionately high in the amount of violent crimes that they commit with weapons of, you know, the caliber of what this asshole used, which again was an assault rifle. And so I say all that to say, you can set up all the red flags. Chicago's got, and Illinois has some of the strictest gun laws in the country. They still provide a legal pathway to have responsible gun ownership. But then we have the Indianas of the world next door where you can go buy a hundred guns at a gun show without, you know, showing an ID sometimes and drive right back to Chicago, you know, an hour, hour and a half later. And then you have fathers like, like this kid's father, and I'm not blaming him for the shooting, but there should be some accountability there on parents, friends, um, just like the Uvalde shooting, you know, that, 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 that kid had told several friends that he was threatening to shoot the school up. There were texts that were released that were saying, I wouldn't want to go to school, you know, any school today. And, and it was serious enough for people and kids to say, I didn't want to go. We have to do a better job as just citizens on acting and reporting on some of this stuff and, 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 you know, helping prevent some of this stuff. And there is no one solution, folks. We've talked about guns in this country. We've talked about owning them safely. We've talked about, you know, the mental health crisis, the lack of emphasis on treating mental health, but we're really failing at the most basic level of everything right now. It seems like whether it's the economy and, and inflation whether it's immigration and the way we pursue that, whether it's criminal justice, and that's what it's becoming, criminal justice, or or just the mass, the amount of mass shootings in America, which again, folks, is a uniquely American problem. Not shootings in general, but just the amount of mass shootings, the frequency that we have here. It's not even close. If I showed you a chart, you would wish that you owned the stock of frequency of mass shootings of America compared to any other country in the world, by far. If I showed you a chart and I said, hey, these are the stocks. These are the charts of the stocks. Which one do you want to own over the past 12 months? You would point at that chart every time, the chart of America and the frequency of mass shootings in America. As a society, we, we just got to care more. y'all. We have to be more empathetic. We have to be more thoughtful. And, and it's going to take everybody to make a dent. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't want to be a person that if I'm a responsible assault rifle owner has to turn that in. But we can't keep doing the same thing. I feel like I'm saying the same thing every week because every time I go away for a week, there's a mass shooting. Week in and week out. And then you have one shooting in, in Europe and it gets more headlines than the whatever, four or five mass shootings that go down in, in the U.S. on a, on a weekend or, or weekly basis, right? And um, that sort of points back to the to the Ghislaine thing we were just talking about, right? Watch what the press covers and, and more importantly, what the press doesn't cover to see what the uh, the narrative is that they're they're trying to feed you. So um, quick on Evalde, um, you know, the police chief has finally stepped down. Thank goodness he was taking a leave of absence, I think, last time we were talking. And now he's um, resigned, said that he didn't know what the, he was in charge. And then um, I was reading yesterday that, uh, you know, we got the initial full report of, of what went down that day. And there was a police with an officer with a rifle who requested to shoot the guy before he went into the school and didn't get a he response. He had him locked in. It didn't get a response, right? And yet um, you got a, a black guy running in Akron, Ohio, that gets 60 bullets into his body, right? So it's not that they're unwilling to shoot. Lord knows the cops want to kill people. With um, no gun in his hand, that kid, by the way. Yeah. He didn't, did have a, didn't have a weapon. He did have 
a weapon, but not in his hand, and it wasn't on his body. It sounded like he shot from the car, so I'm not letting him off the, the sure. hook by any means. What I'm saying is those cops pumped 60 bullets into him while in Texas they watched a guy walk into a school with a fucking assault rifle, right? Like, shoot that guy, right? I don't understand. Like, again, try to, try to rectify that in your brain. And then um, the other thing I was thinking about was um, just the, the tribalism and, and the dogma with which um, – in tribalism with which people approach these topics, right? Like you say, there's no one solution, right? We've talked about some of the solutions, yeah. enhanced background checks for, for people that are 21. This was again, a young kid, like you say. Um, and then you've got like people like Kamala who go and give a, give a speech talking about banning assault weapons. Like that's not going to fucking happen. Miss, Miss Harris, like let's have some middle ground here. Let's not try to be completely, uh, not juxtaposed, but on complete opposite ends of the spectrum, you're never going to come to the middle and actually solve things that way. And so um, I, I just think that sort of tribalism, dogmatic approach um, has to end. And I was going to talk about Wall Street Silver, but it's not the time for that. Because the same thing, well, I am going to talk about it, because the same thing happens in the markets, right? You get people who are, and this sort of relates to the newsletter editors being rich, um, who have to talk their book all the time, right? Like Schiff, gold's always going to the moon and Bitcoin's <laughs> crashing, right? And look what happened to Mr. Schiff this week. Or you have things like Wall Street bets, right? Who who come out of the ether uh, last year amid this whole meme stock thing. And it's silver to the moon, silver to the moon, moon and all these memes about things. Well, you know what? Silver's down 25 fucking percent since you started telling people to, to, to buy silver, right? So these people who are always dogmatic and who always have the same approach and who always uh, talk their book, it's like, that's not the way to approach anything. Investments, life philosophy, worldview, solving problems. You're, you have to be flexible and be able to change your mind when uh, the facts merit it. And we're just at a point now where I don't see a lot of people doing that, no matter what it relates to. Here's a cool headline. Got to hear it? Mm. Boris Johnson, who was forced to resign this week. And, and I believe this is another four, fourth turning event. I think it's the first of many to come, by the way. Politicians that are just completely finally forced to have some dignity and do what's best for their country, right? Took a lot for Mr. Johnson to do that. Took his whole staff basically quitting on him um, after infidelity scandals, after, you know, finding out that one of his, you know, top people was accused of sexually harassing uh, a, a female colleague. He went on to promote him. Then he went on to lie about the fact that he knew about it. Then he admitted it, but said, well, hey, look, I've gotten away with everything else. So what does this guy do? He just resigned as UK prime minister, and he's going to join a crypto startup. I can't make it up. Yes. I, I, I can't make this stuff up. It's, it's, it's called Bizarro World for a reason. We're on episode, what is it? 175? 176? Six. 176. I think we've taken maybe three or four off during the course of, you know, the last three, four years or what have you. It gets odder and weirder and just crazier every fucking month. It's a bit tiring. It's somewhat amusing. It's a bit scary for those that aren't ready for what's coming because I see a global reset of almost every institution out there. And you know what? It's probably a good thing because the current ones are failing everybody but the very rich who can still get away with running a child, international child sex trafficking ring and get less time than somebody with 10 grams of crack might get. It's a crazy, bizarre world out there, folks. It's a clown show, man. It's a clown show. Um, 
Let's go back to the markets real quick. Um, I've made no secret that I think in the next three to six months, I think lithium and uranium are going to be the place to be as far as the first sectors that are going to really start to outperform um, when market sentiment gets better. And I think in those specific sectors, it'll get better for the lithium and uranium names sooner just because of the robust underlying fundamentals and how out of balance the supply and demand fundamentals are. And I think the amount of headlines that that you know are, are, are going to come uh, from those sectors. But um, I've also made no secret of the fact that I think, you know, the precious metal stocks, specifically gold, later on in the year will also start to break out. And I think the gold price breaks out. And I, everybody knows I think new all-time highs are coming. And, you know, eventually we'll have, we'll have another historic run here um, in the not-too-distant future. But you had a, a an interesting note there about is lithium being replaced and um, there was a key note by Robert Friedland, who, of course, is no, yeah, no stranger to the battery metals and no strangers to massive discoveries and no stranger to getting ahead of a cycle really early in the cycle and getting very, very wealthy off of it. And so I wanted to let you kind of touch on that a bit, Nick, and I'd love to hear your take. First, uh, back to newsletter editors, right? I keep seeing these promotions about... Um, you know, lithium is dying. This battery is going to replace lithium. You know, like you got to buy now. And it's like, no, like you got to sell that now. That's why you keep putting that out. But um, nothing's replacing lithium, at least for the next 10 to 15 years, right? You've got these gigafactories that have been built across the world as sunk costs in the high billions, if not trillions of dollars. Yep. And um, it's just the, the chemistry that we've got right now. Do we need new battery chemistries? Yes, as Mr. Friedman was saying in that keynote, but uh, no way to get um, them perfected, tested, and the supply chains built to, to make any significant dent in uh, displacing you know, lithium, nickel, cobalt batteries in the next 10 to 15 years. So um, I guess first benchmark intelligence, let me start there with um, their, their, Phenomenal. their refute. The refuting of the Goldman Sachs report, yep. the short report on lithium that was out a couple of weeks ago, and them just saying that's total bullshit, right? I mean, <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna have supply come online, even if you know the PFSs and the PEAs say that it's coming. And this is what Robert Friedland was saying. You know, it, it, we know this. It's just we got to keep saying it, right? Mines take years to come online. I mean, they take years to prove up, to to de-risk, to get financed, and and, and, to, and get permitted. to get approved. <laughs> Absolutely, and so. Um, you've got car companies now like going up upstream, right? Not necessarily owning uh, or wanting to, to mine lithium, but um, Tesla's taken stakes mm -hmm. in, in, in lithium producers. And now Ford has done the same in, in an Australian producer. And, and you're going to see absolutely more of that. You know, he was saying in the talk that um, if these global car companies, Toyota, Volvo, Kia, Ford, GM, whatever, um, call up their, their battery manufacturer, Panasonic, Panasonic, Sony, whoever it is, and say, uh, you know, I want X amount of batteries, they say, okay, like, we'll keep that in mind. But really, if there's, <laughs> if, if there's 10 car makers... Cool story, ahead, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if there's 10 automakers at the table, only two of them are getting their orders filled, right? And so... That's pretty much it. I mean, 
and the lithium price is is up four or five hundred percent in the in the in the past year. I mean, it's not going to come down any 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 time soon. And I find myself looking at even the producers, not just the Patriot batteries, not just the the critical elements uh, which you mentioned, Nevada Sunrise, which is on to to a, a potential new discovery. But you know, even the the Alkens of the world and the, and the Albemarles. I mean, these are stocks that are going to uh, supply literally what is the the new the new gasoline, right? And then I guess it's worth mentioning the the penetration of 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 battery uh, electric vehicles so far. It's like one uh, percent of cars in, in the U.S. Right, and so if you've got two hundred and twenty some million cars or two hundred and fifty million cars in in the U.S. and less than one percent penetration so far, like. <laughs> I was talking to my father-in-law about this who was in town uh, recently. It's like people just, they don't understand. They don't think about this. Like where is that lithium going to come from? And it's not um, from recycling and it's not like we're going to replace the battery. It's, it's the mines that you and I and our subscribers own and, and the companies that are discovering and exploring for that, for that lithium now. I mean, that's pretty freaking clear to me that, um, you know, we're the lithium barons of the, of the, of the 21st century. I'm very proud of us, Nick. Oh, free name for everybody out there. Lithium Americas, which is right in that sweet spot, right in between, you know, becoming a producing major. I think that'll happen soon. And, you know, still not being there and, 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 and rightfully so not price is one of those. But the recent pullback there, that's another gift for all of you out there. But I was gonna say, I'm really proud of us. We took a week off. We're back. We're refreshed. You know, we're busy, but we managed to get long sex toys and not just one but two penetrations into the podcast and i can't think of a better way to end it than with long sex toys and two penetrations do you have anything to add to that no i won't even look at the list i'm sure there's plenty more to talk about uh, actually i do want to mention just one thing i'm sorry i, I, I i'll see if i can work the, the sex toys back into it but um and the do, penetration. do you re- <laughs> Do you remember Jason Ravensborg, the, the the attorney general from 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 South Dakota? Do you remember the story from two years ago? The guy we that hit the guy and that guy and and said it was a deer. But yeah, the guy's glass. The guy's glasses were like on the front seat of his car, and he windshield was buddy, busted, buddy. and yeah, yeah. The guy's ID the, was like in his wall. <laughs> I made up that part, guys. No, that was pretty damn true. close. But, the guy's flashlight was still on the side of the road lit up. And he said, like, he didn't see anything. He didn't know anything. And, um, well, that guy finally got uh, kicked out of office formally. He got impeached. And and, and that was a bipartisan thing. You know, uh, the lead investigator, the guy who was uh, taking his case as prosecutor, said, we've seen better lies from five-year-olds, right? And and he was able to drag this on for, for two years. The guy's glasses were on his front seat. And he said he didn't, you know, he didn't know he hit a person. And so anyway, the, the truth has come out. And um, he was obviously texting on the phone right before he hit the guy. He was coming back from the late night um, fundraising event. Wink, wink. You can only imagine what that means, right? You know, the, the imbibing that is involved with those sort of things. And so anyway, he was brought up on charges. He was kicked out of office. But one of the interesting things was, um, is the, go- the good old boy network is just getting blown up in South Dakota, right? You can imagine what sort of good old boy network exists there. Uh, and good old girl network, I should say, because yeah. the governor is Christy Nome, who has 
uh, presidential ambitions in the, in the next cycle, right? So this guy didn't go down without a fight, right? He started throwing shit like a monkey. Um, and, and we learned all sorts of things about South Dakota, about how the governor was using her office to get her kids um, real estate licenses that they didn't pass the tests for and, and all sorts of stuff, right? And now, and now the, the governor is, is on the ropes defending herself and her actions, right? And so I just thought that was a, a, a brilliant... Um, pulling back of the curtain of of how these people uh, are in office to enrich themselves, use their office to protect themselves and their families, um, and aren't really doing uh, much for you, whether that's um, uh, helping shrink the wealth gap or improving upward mobility or, or prosecuting people who rape your daughters. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. Think about that, folks. In America, which prides itself, right? And, and it's still a great country. It's, it's still chock full of, you know, opportunity. Um, but in America that prides itself on law and order and, you know, acknowledging and respecting um, the right to life, it takes two years for a person that was ran over by an elected official that had his glasses inside the vehicle, broken windshield. And, you know, anybody that looked for one minute could have seen the guy was texting right around the time that this accident happened. It took two years, not for that person to receive justice, just for that person to be pushed out of office so mm-hmm. he can't continue to pass law in America. That's the state of corruption in the United States of America in 2022. Mind you, charges have not been brought up or stuck. There still has been no justice for that person. Um, And man, do I wish that guy all the reciprocity in the world as well. That's it. Sorry, you didn't get to end on your joke. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'll reload for next week. We'll figure it out. There you go. (laughs) It's great to be back, everybody. Needed this one. I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 176 of Bizarro World. We'll see you next week, everybody. Promise to keep them coming. See ya. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.